0: Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
1: And welcome into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. I am merely Bo. He is Gibbe. Hello, Gibbe. Hello, Bishop. Welcome to Friday, man. How about it, brother? Little Father's Day weekend for L- the kids. L- little holiday weekend on, like the, on the
2: other end, uh, in celebration oh. of Juneteenth. That's right. So win there uh, after today, we'll be off until Tuesday, and things getting real, real quiet around here now.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the other, you know, for our fans and I, you know, you and I were talking about this yesterday on the show. Like it is a different timetable than we're used to, and that normally this is mandatory minicamp week. And then we get the vacation, and then you come back in that last week of July. But because of the Hall of Fame game, because of the great Hoffness, um, everything has moved up a week. So we were out a week earlier here, and then we will come back a week earlier by the time we get to um, by the time we get to July. So the guys will report. Was it July nineteenth? We'll have our guys report. Correct,
2: I believe that's a Wednesday. Yeah,
1: and then they'll head to the Greenbrier over the weekend, the 21st, 22nd, whatever that is. Yeah,
2: Vets report on Friday, the 21st, and then we will fly to the Greenbrier Saturday morning, the 22nd. Okay, there you go. Um, So
1: we had Coach on this week, and one of the things that I was curious about, and my curiosities were confirmed, was that one of the things that he is trying to do um, is give a little bit of – a little spice, a little color (laughs) – like, you want to team build, but you also don't want monotony. And if you have to be here on campus, and we love being here on campus, but if you are going to be here from July 19th till October 1st, I'm sorry, August 1st, forget that, September 1st. <laughs> I mean, it's six weeks. It's yeah. seven weeks. It's a, long, it's a long, long time. It's a long haul. So I think one thing that he was trying to do with the trip to the Greenbrier, um, the trip to Philly, for the, the, the workouts, um, there could be an extended trip, obviously, once we get into the season out west. But those first two things, what that is about is just a little bit of variety to break up the monotony. And he kind of confirmed that this week when we talked to him.
2: Yeah, and I would also say this. You know, there's a new NFL rule this year. There will only be one cut-down day, and mm. that will be the Tuesday after the final preseason game. So you, normally, after the second preseason game, you would have a cut down. You'd cut like 20 guys, I think, mm-hmm. 10 to 20 guys. Um, you will keep your 90-man roster through the entire preseason and then make your cut downs after the final preseason game in Kansas City. So, I mean, that's a lot of guys that got to get to know each other. Yeah, and man, that that's is. A, and now you're adding a fourth preseason game and three of those games are on the road. I know one's in Canton in a neutral site, and you could essentially say it's going to be a home game, but you're not playing at Cleveland Brown Stadium. You're playing yeah, in it's Canton. it's a road trip. It's, you got to go down there. I was going to say, logistics-wise and road-wise, it, it's still a road game. So uh, you've got that week in Philly. You go to Kansas City. Uh, yeah, it it is a long, long preseason, longer than we've had in quite some time. And I, I don't blame Coach for mixing it up. Uh, it's going to be a little taxing on the rest of us, but it's yeah. not our – his care is not, not us. The, we are not the priority <laughs> Yeah, it, exactly.
1: Sadly. Um, no, yeah, it is. So, I think from a – and it's interesting. Like, the rest of the NFL closed up minicamp week this week, and then it'll be it, – I think what NFL teams hope is it'll be radio silent. There will be a couple of things hanging out there, like if the DeAndre Hopkins situation doesn't fully materialize, uh, that potentially could be out there. There's a couple of, you know, free agent backs and stuff that are out there. But that stuff, I think, will come closer to camp.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't think that you're going to hear anything on Burrow or Herbert. No, I think they're done. You know, it didn't get done this week. Saquon, what happens with him? Yeah. You know. I I, think it's
1: stunning. Stunning that there's not a Burrow extension the, the Herbert you said one that earlier in the me. week. I find that anytime I talk to uh, our great friend Jay Morrison, um, who sadly was uh, was part of the cuts at the Athletic, but that yes. guy is as good He'll, as he gets. Yeah. Like, holy smokes, that guy's that guy's big time. Um, but uh, anytime you talk to Jay, you talk to Ben Baby, uh, who works at ESPN. When you talk to those guys about the process with Burrow and the extension, the note the, the feeling was always, "Don't worry about it; it'll get done," but that there were times when I would talk to those guys, and they would say, it'll be done by before free agency. Well, it'll be done in April because there was, you know, with the, uh, the money that's going to be put in escrow, if they wait till April, then it would have to have a hold of the year to get it in there. Okay, fine. Well, all that's come and gone. Now, minicamp's come and gone, and right now we still don't have an extension. Um, they have a lot of balls in the air, obviously. They've got Chase looming. Higgins is now borough can be now. So there's a lot of things that I'm sure are connected. Um, But the idea that we're going to go into summer with neither him nor Herbert locked up long-term is pretty, that's pretty shocking to me.
2: Yeah. I I think there's, there's a few other ones that, uh, that we saw. Was it Jones out of Kansas city, Mm -hmm. not reporting for mandatory minicamp. Uh, Stefan Diggs. Everybody says all is well in Buffalo and maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. We won't know until July when everybody gets back together and, I think the Bills are hoping that story goes away or that narrative goes away. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting because there's a number of star players that are, well, I, I I want more or I need more or I don't like my situation currently. Yep. So uh, you're right. I, uh, but otherwise, I mean, every NFL office, every NFL team is closed. Yeah, <laughs> The week done. of the 4th of July uh, and then – you know, things will start getting back in earnest. I mean, they, they dismantled the media trailer that our content production team has been working out of uh, for the last few weeks, started construction on the double-decker tent for training camp. I can tell you that a couple of semis uh, this week have already gone to the Greenbrier.
1: Oh, they've already started shipping stuff down Yes. There. Boy, yeah. think about building it up down there. Correct. I was there last summer. Um, we went down there two, two nights, three nights. I can't remember. Took the kids. We were looking for a place that we could go to that was a drive, kind of the end of summer before school, to just kind of get away. Um, it is a it's a unique place, obviously a historical place. It's pretty cool. Um, you're going to feel all of the time you're there. It's a long haul, brother. It's a long week, <laughs> it's, a long week. Now, it I, I, it's a long week. No, It is. It's a long week. It is everything I think Coach wants which is isolated, like it's – I mean, this is old school. This is like old school camp. Like how many teams in the NFL still do old school camp? Pittsburgh, do they still do it? I think they're back to doing it, yes. They used, They went to that – Latrobe. Latrobe, yeah. They'd go there and go away. They're, you know, the Vikings always used to go to Mankato. I don't know if they still do. Um, the Bears. The Bears always went – They go up to – Was l- it Bourbonnet Lacrosse? or something? I can't remember where they went, but they went somewhere. Um, but I don't know if they how many teams still do. The Cowboys always go to California. Yep. Uh, to Oxnard. But there just aren't that many out there that still do the old school two weeks of but camp and, thing. And,
2: and, and I guess my argument to it, I think the only reason why we're doing it is because we've got the extra week. Of course. Because, yeah, yeah. It, and the same with but any I, NFL team, if you have the ability to host training camp at your facility with your state-of-the-art facilities. Yeah and everything that your players need to recover and regenerate and be ready to go the next day uh, and to keep them at their best, why would you take them away from it? Well, I think what Coach is thinking is
1: he's thinking old school. Yes. he's thinking, how do I build a team? It's two things. It's what I said. It's the doldrums of the monotony of every day, same thing over and, and, it's, and over again. And it's an extensive – So that's new. It's a longer
2: de- yeah, but
1: Yeah, but it is also a – so it's that – And then I think it's also a, hey, let's go build something together. Let's go somewhere where we can't have distractions. Let's go somewhere where we're all on the same page, and let's go sort that out. So I think, you know, I think that's a little part of it as well.
2: I'm fine with it. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to Philly more so than maybe the Greenbrier. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right.
1: I think that's probably right uh, on that side of things. Just
2: because you're going up against someone else. You know, I, I, I think people forget. Like the first five days of pre of training camp are like acclamation. Mm-hmm. It's touch football. It's glorified. Like yeah. the pads won't come on till no. the last couple of days. We're at the Greenbrier.
1: No, and and the other thing about Philly is, um, you know, we didn't. In fact, really, about the only thing I remember about Philly is them w- literally walking on the off the bus, me and Z and you and Hoff, and going, "Oh boy, they're a lot bigger than we thought that they were." Like physically, they were impressive. This is going to be our an yeah. interesting week for but us. But that was also when we found out about Deshaun.
2: Correct. So that
1: overshadowed, like, everything surrounding those practices was when are we going to – I mean, all we did last year in campus. when are we going to find out about Deshaun. And now we won't have that. And so if that was a distraction for us, it was a distraction for the team too. Yep. So it'll be very different uh, this year, and you're going to get that experience down at the Greenbrier and then Philly as well. So this will be a very interesting preseason uh, by the time this team comes back here in a, a little bit more than a month. By the time uh, all is said and done, got a fun program for you guys today. Z uh, with a conversation with defensive line coach Ben Bloom, TC McCartney, who's uh, one of our favorites, will have have him on the program as well. MJ Emerson will be on the program today, so too will Harrison Bryant, Isaiah Thomas. Um, we've got some fun, uh, fun mini camp recaps for you as well coming up on the program today. It is a Father's Day weekend edition. Uh, favorite Father's Day moment for you as a kid, Gibby.
2: Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We were always horseback. Always I mean, it always had probably playing probably in the backyard of my grandmother's house on the east side of Cleveland playing bocce.
1: Well, that's because you're on the east side. That's why you look back so fondly of it.
2: <laughs> I think it's time to go to break. <laughs>
0: Too easy.
1: (laughs) Too easy on a Friday, brother. Uh, Lots of fun to look forward to. Those are the hot topics of the day presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. We are often running here on a Friday edition. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports winning partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Back by popular demand from your favorite four legged companion, it's year two of Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the official fan club for dogs. View membership options, join today at barkingbackers.com. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Jason Gibbs. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, a special edition brought to you by Ballybet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio. You'll hear a number of of interviews during the show today, as Bo alluded to in segment one, Nathan Zagura sitting down with a number of luminaries last week during mini camp uh, to get their impressions on the offseason, the offseason additions, and a look at how the off season program has gone. Right now, it's our new defensive line coach. His name is Ben Bloom. He's been with the team for a couple years, promoted to defensive line coach. Here's his interview with one Nathan Zagura from last week at Brown's minicamp.
3: Very happy now to be joined by Brown's defensive line coach, Ben Bloom. How does that sound when you hear that out loud? Mr. Segura, it sounds nice, especially coming from uh, one of the voices of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> You're too, too kind. How has this been for you? Opportunity to come, you know, you've been the run game coordinator, working with the backers a little bit, working with line, working with everybody in the run game to come in and take in command of your own room. And what's that been like for you? What's your style?
4: Well, um, I'm very excited about it. It's been an unbelievable uh, process so far. Uh, this last couple of months, I mean, really fortunate with uh, you know Coach Stefanski, you know, supporting me in this role and um, giving me this opportunity and uh, working for Coach Schwartz. Uh, he's got a long track record of having excellent defenses yes. and excellent defensive lines in his long career as a coordinator and head coach. So to be put in this position for me, I- I'm I'm fortunate and I'm uh, I'm. Uh,
3: Really excited going forward. It's got to be a nice step in. You knew you had Miles Garrett, and they said, "You know what, Mr. Bloom, we're going to go ahead and we're going to bring you a Dalvin Tomlinson, we're going to bring in Obo Okoronkwo, we're going to get you Zedarius Smith, we're going to get you some guys in the draft as well, Eka McGuire." This is a cut. This is a loaded room. There are a lot of lot of talent in there. What's kind of when you look around this room and you've seen been around some good defenses in the past. What do you think about your group right now?
4: Well, you know, uh, we're pumped up. For the for the guys we have in the room, um, we know the the men in the room uh, are capable of uh, making a lot of plays and helping our team win. Uh, we take very seriously our responsibility within our defense to uh, set the tone and uh, be the engine of uh, of the group. And that's you know that's what we that's what's on our mind every day when we come out and work uh, in the off season. And uh, you know, as a coach, you um, you know you're always grateful when. Uh, you know, Andrew Barry and the rest of the personnel department go ahead and they add uh, talented guys via free agency in the draft and trade. So, um,
3: you know, very excited about that. All right. So we know about Miles, obviously. Now you bring in Zadarius Smith. And I got to tell you, when I first saw him, I had no idea how big he was just thick and explosive and powerful. We know about the productivity, obviously. But now you bring him in. What is that? How does that help you? And obviously, what's it been like working with Zadarius? What's he kind of brought to your room? Um, no, you know, Zaris is a grown man, right? Yeah. He's played in the
4: league a long time. Um, he's been productive, um, you know, uh, across the front in the run game and, of course, the past game as a rusher. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been awesome having having him here in the offseason. Um, he doesn't remember when uh, I was coaching D-line at Dallas and I worked him out at Kentucky with Bud Dupree, but I remember it. Uh, <laughs> he vaguely remembers it, but I remember it well. And, um, you know, the things – you just mentioned his you know, toughness and power and coordination and effort. Um, those things were obvious then when he was a college player and when I worked him out, and they've been on display in the NFL for multiple teams since then. Now to have him uh, here at the Browns uh, with us and get to work with him, uh, it's special. And he's, uh, he's a leader, and uh, it's a good thing. He's going to make all of us better um, while he's uh, productive and just kicking ass himself.
3: Yeah, there are only five guys in the league that have double-digit sacks in three of the last four seasons, and you've got two of them, Miles and Zedarius Smith. I want to ask you, though, because this is a passing camp, certainly this phase of the offseason, what are you trying to do with your D-line? You don't get the opportunity to go out there and really rush the quarterback. You don't get opportunity to kind of do some of the things. So what's the focus there? And I'll go to some of the games we saw kind of on the pads and Zedarius and Miles going head-to-head those competitions. So what are you looking to get out of your guys this time before we can actually put pads on and play real football and let them do what they do?
4: Uh, You know, our number one job right now is to lay a foundation for the season, and that, specifically, that foundation is first our style of play. Yeah. You know, the speed, the effort, um, the toughness, the violence we play with. Now, we're doing that in individual only because that's you know the rules. So we're we're, we're doing drills on grass. We're hitting hitting our sled. We have a, various ways of working pass force moves. Um, try to simulate some one-on-one password situations on dummies and, and bags and things like that. So we're, we're building the mentality, setting that standard for ourselves, which is that standard's growing and increasing every day. And then we're also you know, learning the fundamentals and the techniques we're going to use and then more in a walkthrough format, the actual scheme and, and, the, and the plays and the, the responsibilities. So um, m- most of it is from an individual drill
3: works standpoint. So... Everybody I've talked to in your room, and I've talked to a bunch of them already this offseason, they smile whenever I ask them about this scheme. And they basically love the simplicity that their job is to, and I'll say it for radio-approved, mess things up. Yeah. That they can just play free, get vertical, get a field, and be disruptive. And there seems to be a lot of joy in your room about that.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think if you ask uh, any D-Lyman, those are the things that you want to do. <laughs> so um, we're fortunate. You know when line one is mess things up get off the ball and run and finish you know That's what we want to do when we get off the ball. We want to mess things up We want to run and finish on the ball carrier on the quarterback, you know, however far we have to run We're gonna run that far to to do our job Um, And we all understand that and we know that's the standard and the expectation for the position group Um, and I would say you know with uh Great responsibility comes great expectations. The Spider-Man quote, yeah. something of that nature, that, that's been thrown around a couple times this offseason by Miles, by uh, Coach Schwartz. So, yeah, we're playing free, but we got to get off the ball. We gotta, gotta make we plays. gotta mess, gotta mess it up. Yeah, we gotta make plays, and we gotta be where we're supposed to be within the confines of the call. So it's not, you know, a free for all, so to speak. There's yeah. expectations of what we need to do in a certain type of way. That being said, if it's done right. It's going to be fun, and I think that's where guys are, are smiling um, when you ask them about it.
3: Absolutely, and, and let's stay in that edge room real quickly. Maybe the deepest room on the defense. You think about Miles, Zadarius. you bring in Oboe. You got Alex Wright back now in his second year and his inside-outside versatility. Isaiah McGuire's quite a specimen. Isaiah Thomas is a guy who has made plays in his rookie season. When you think about that group and the fact that, you know, there's a chance that five could be up. There's a chance that five could be playing in the, the way that you're going to be shuffling these guys in and out. How excited are you about that group, and what have you seen from some of the young guys in their development?
4: Yeah, I'm excited about the group. You know, obviously, Miles, you know, his career so far speaks for itself. I know he's got plenty of more meat on the bone and a lot more that he's going to accomplish in his career. Um, and then a guy like Zadarius we already spoke about him, but you bring in a guy that's been on multiple teams, has had production in multiple places. Um, he brings a certain type of, uh, you know, standard of how to do things and um, professionalism to add to a veteran like miles already and then Obo, you know hasn't been in the league as long but oboe like he's had some real productive seasons recently last year was awesome for him he's you know played on two different teams he's been around the league he's got a perspective on how to do things how to bring energy how to come to work with the right mindset every day so you got three guys like that at one position you're lucky and then alex just uh, he's continuing to get better same thing with it and um of course um you know Isaiah McGuire, like, he's shown some good things um, so far. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still got to put pads on and play real football. But, yeah, I mean, we're – I mean, yeah, you nailed it. It's uh, it's a really good group, and I'm excited about where they're heading. All those
3: guys have gotten better, and, uh, you know – we just got to keep uh, improving daily. Let's talk about the interior quickly. Dalvin Townsend comes in, and that's really the one guy that has an established track record in this league. We've seen flashes from Jordan Elliott. We drafted Siaki. You brought in some guys. Maurice Hurst has been very productive, when healthy in this league. So there's some pedigree there. Perion I thought, really flashed over the second half of last season. So it's good. I think there's going to be a lot of competition. I think you know Dalvin, a lot of competition behind that. Who's kind of caught your eye, if anybody, and, and how much are you looking forward to that? And, again, I know the pads haven't come on yet. Yeah.
4: Yeah right like dalvin i remember dalvin coming out from alabama and remember him at the beginning of his career at new york um he, he's a big strong guy who's explosive and has the ability to affect the run game and the pass game so uh it's it's great to have a guy like him who works and uh, has uh you know leadership and Good role models and, yeah. yeah i mean so he a young room. yeah so yeah we i value that as a coach i'm fortunate you know because he just comes out and works every day and is. You know, detailed, and he's a pro's pro. Um, yeah, I mean Jordan, I agree. Jordan's, uh, I think he's improved every year. I think he's gonna have the opportunity to flourish in uh, what we're doing this year in this scheme. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're fortunate to get a guy like Mo Hurst because Mo, like you said, he's he's had production. He's played in systems very similar to this, so he kind of knows, uh, or he does know, really. He he's got a he's got a really good understanding of what we're trying to do. Yep. You know, so he, he's a guy that, uh, you know, provides some leadership in that way, just especially from, like, a technique and steam, scheme standpoint. And Siaki's off to a good start, you know. Um, he's a big boy. He's a big man. He works. He has fun. He brings energy. He's improving. You know, he, he's uh, showing, you know, good professional work habits to start here. And, you know, I'm going to challenge him to keep staying on that track, and I know he will, but um, I'm excited about him. And then, you know, Perry on. You know he's working hard and um he's got that length and that explosion and he's got a lot of juice on the field and even a guy like tristan hill who's um uh, former second, round pick. Former second round pick i was in dallas when we uh, drafted uh, him yeah. you know tristan's done some really nice things so for us already so i'm excited about the whole group and uh you know fortunate uh
3: to, to have these guys in the room in the personnel department being really um you know intentional and in building it is perry a guy that if if, if can allow himself to be the best version of himself I mean, I think he could have had three sacks over the second half of the season from the interior, which is incredibly impressive. Sure. Is that, if he can do that, if he can, you talk about being professional, if he can get to that level, the talent, he has do you think he has a chance to be something special in this defense?
4: Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I spent a lot of time evaluating on when he came out. You know, he's got um, a lot of length. He's explosive. He's tough. He's competitive. So I think with any um, – Young player in the league who's entering their second year, you know that there's a lot of adjustments in that first year as a rookie. So sometimes it takes a year to really um, uh, get your feet under you. and That's just the reality and some especially sometimes at those defensive line or in, interior defensive line positions. So um, I, I'm very optimistic about what he's doing. And yeah, I'm, I believe he's got the ability to be a uh, significant player for us
3: and have a really uh, impactful career. We can't wait to see your guys actually put the pads on, get unleashed. Not against our guys, against somebody else, but we'll start with that, and it should be a lot of fun this I'll year. Just take pads to start,
4: whoever it's against. And then, of course, uh, pads where someone else is the what we're really looking forward to.
2: Absolutely.
3: Coach, thanks for the time, and uh, enjoy your summer. Can't wait to see you at the Green Bar. I'll see you at the Green Bar.
2: Coach Bloom, one of the best there is. We wish him all the best in year one as the head of that vaunted defensive line room. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back from this commercial break you'll hear from tight end coach T.C. McCartney. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk Elk and Elk, a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. I'm Jason Gibbs. This is a special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio. You heard from defensive line coach Ben Bloom, now to the offensive side of things. And to talk about the tight end room, which is now a very loaded and heavy weaponized tight end room as we get ready for the 2023 season. Here's tight end coach T.C. McCartney with our own Nathan Zagura from last week at minicamp. T.C., second year
3: in this role for you. What do you think you learned the most about, you know, obviously spent a lot of time with the quarterbacks, being a quarterback yourself, going to the tight ends last year, and now as you go into your second season with that group?
5: Uh, I think just the little details, little details of preparation, um, the little details that come up in the run game, uh, making adjustments uh, in between series. Uh, in the run game is a little different uh, than what I've done before. So it was good to do those things and, and improve upon those things for me. You
3: know, they say quarterback's obviously the toughest position in all of professional sports, but I think for a young player coming to the league after quarterback, tight end's got to be one of the toughest because you need to know everything in the run game, everything in the pass game, and then, oh, you're going to have to block guys like Miles Garrett or Darius Smith from time to time.
5: Yeah, especially in this offense. We ask these guys to do a ton run game-wise, just different schemes, uh, pass protection. Obviously, you're dealing with, like you said, some really, really good players on the edge, usually the best players on defense are on the edge of that defense. So we have to be able to physically block those guys. And then we have to win versus uh, match coverage versus safeties in the uh, pass game. So there's a lot to do. There's a lot to develop. So I think that's why it takes uh, guys time when they get into the NFL.
3: Let's talk about your room. It's great to get Chief back, obviously, for the minicamp. Obviously, was not. He was not shirking his responsibilities on conditioning his body. He came here looking like the, the Adonis that he always is. Uh, what have you seen from him coming back and the kind of the chemistry that's growing, obviously, between him and Deshaun Watson?
5: Um, yeah, that's something you never have to worry about with Dave is he's going to be in shape. He's going to take care of himself. So it was good to see him. It's good to have him back. Um, and, again, it's always how many outbats can we get with him and Deshaun throwing the ball, whether it's routes on air whether that's talking through routes, whether that's practice reps. So it's good to have him back for these three days. And then in training camp uh, and
3: moving forward, it'll be really good to get those guys on the same page. You know, last year you could see glimpses of him having a really breakout type of a season. He a little bit injured in the middle of the season, but came back and made some huge plays down the stretch for the Browns. And he caught the first touchdown pass from Deshaun Watson in Cincinnati. Do you think this is a year where he can even take another step forward, especially with the likelihood we're going to be throwing the ball a little bit more than perhaps earlier in his career? I think definitely he's, gonna t- he's,
5: he's already taken steps of just learning, understanding, um, contributing. Um, but I think talking to these guys, if you just measure it solely on production, um, production isn't always up to you. Okay? So no. we in that room, we don't talk about production as much. Now, obviously, it's how everyone gets paid. It's how I get paid, so I understand how important it is. But you watch uh, just a team like in the NBA Finals, the Nuggets, and how Joker can impact the game in so many ways. He doesn't always have to shoot well. And so in the tight end room, it's very similar. We can impact the game in a ton of different ways, which he does and can. And so we're going to try and take steps that no matter if the production's there, production's not, we're always impacting the game in a a place where we can win. At the end of the day, there's one football, and there's a lot of talent on this offense this year. There's no doubt. Uh, We added a lot of speed. There's a lot of guys who deserve to touch the football, Dave being you know, among them. Um, So it's a lot of fun, one football, and how can we impact the game and ultimately win the game?
3: When you think back to your days as a quarterback, was it always sometimes tough in the huddle? Like if you were looking around and you were in a huddle and you got Amari Cooper and Donovan and Elijah Moore and Goodwin and Chief in there, and then Nick Chubb sometimes would be in for one of those guys, and they're all like, give me the rock, man, come on.
5: Everyone wants to touch the ball. Everyone wants to touch the ball. When you're playing quarterback, you know that, one, it's segmented um, each play, and you just play one play at a time. Only one guy's going to touch it at a time in, in any given play anyways. And so just going throughout, trusting that the plan, trusting that the ball is going to go where it will, and we win the game, or where it should, and we win the game. Um, But yeah, I think. If you, if you look at it in a practice huddle and you want to make sure everybody touches it, it can be a little overwhelming at times.
3: Yeah. I bet, well, at least you have that kind of perspective you can give them. Like, listen, I was a quarterback. So I it's, it's hard to get everybody the ball all the time. One guy you mentioned who's going to come in, and I think, you know, from a production standpoint, it'll be there. But also he's going to do a lot of things and help our quarterback feel comfortable. is a guy who played with him, Jordan Akins. And, you know, I he's already looked good. He can do has some receiver skills to him, a natural mover, natural route runner. What do you think he brings to this team? I mean, first, he's just an incredible athlete, obviously. Pro baseball player, and people didn't know that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, pro baseball,
5: center field, the hand-eye coordination it takes to play that sport, whether it's hitting or whether it's fielding. um, He's, you know, so his athleticism, um, he's an explosive player. He's got really, really good hands. Um, He's definitely going to make an impact for us this year. And obviously, the comfortability with Deshaun is always a good thing. Again, more ABs, more at-bats for
3: everybody, um, and he already has some, so that's a good thing. It's wild, and I think people don't really understand how hard it is to be a 26-year-old rookie and still be a third-round pick in the NFL when you really hadn't even played tight end. I mean, not much at all in college. Started as a kick returner and a receiver, and then as a tight end in the NFL. Because I was talking to him, he's like, yeah, it's my fifth year, You know, five years in the league. He's 31 already, but still new to the league in some sense. Yeah, to be able to
5: transition professional sports is incredible. And we added two guys, really, with uh, Jordan and then Marquise, who's obviously a triple jumper. But um, it's it, the focus, the work it takes um, to uh, to be able to transition sports and play at the professional level in the NFL. It's truly incredible.
3: So you got Najoku, you got Akins, you also have Harrison Bryant, final year of his rookie deal, and it's amazing how that's, this is his fourth season now. How quickly it's gone, but always reliable, and he's able to get a lot of work in those OTAs. How's he progressing here in you know this now his fourth season?
5: I love talking about Harrison. I think he's so underrated as what he brings to this team. Uh, Again, we don't always control production, so he doesn't always control the production he gets. Um, But the way he can impact the game, the way he impacts our room um, is special. Um, He's a special football player. He can do a lot of different things, um, and he makes everybody else's life easier. Um, He sets the tone as far as the work ethic. Um, He's a really underrated player, and uh, I'm excited. Hopefully he can get some more opportunities to show um some more production here but what he does for the room is it's it's hard to measure
3: what i think is interesting about your room this year and obviously i know we're kind of varying the offense and we're going to have more pass concepts but we have an ability to go out there and show you know 13 personnel and then run 11 personnel plays out of it because of what your guys are able to do as receivers harrison bryant's been flexed out plenty akins has been flexed out plenty so is the chief i feel like there's an opportunity in your room to create a lot of mismatches this year Absolutely, uh, we have versatile
5: guys that can, again, in pass protection, in route running, uh, in the run game, guys that can play at the line of scrimmage, guys that can play in space. So when you get all three of them on the field, you can really give defensive um, issues, whether it's matchup or you know, formationally
3: and, and schematically. So um, should be good. Zaire Mitchell-Payne is a guy who looks like out of central casting. I mean, talk about another like head turner off the bus guy. Great body, clearly strong. How's he developing? I know he's still a little bit raw, but how's he coming along? Because it feels like at some point he could be a fearsome blocker and then a guy who can make plays for you in the red zone.
5: Absolutely. Zaire's made huge strides, um, even from the end of last year, but from the beginning when he got here till now, um, huge strides. Um, I think he's something that everyone should be excited about um, here in the future. Uh, again, contributing in multiple ways. And when you see this guy, he, he looks like he belongs out there, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, no doubt. But he's been good for our room. He continues to develop. Another guy who sets the pace on the team for uh, work ethic. Um, So I'm excited about him. He just needs to play more and play more. So this preseason, getting that extra game, really beneficial for guys like Zaire, getting to play more plays. Uh, More plays will benefit him. The more plays he plays, the faster
3: he'll develop. Does Chief, is Chief saying, hey, man, I'm I'm the body in this room? You got to slow down a little bit there, Zaire. (laughs) I think there's always a little healthy competition. Always a little healthy competition. (laughs) But uh, he's still the chief. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) No doubt. How's uh, Thomas Greeny doing? I've seen him, you know, in some of the individual drills. Looks like a pretty natural route runner, good hands. What have you seen from the rookie?
5: Uh, He's played, you know, extremely well, especially these last two weeks. The last week OTAs and then into mini camp. uh, Had a really good two weeks to finish. Um, I think his hands were the biggest display. And, again, these camps aren't really built for the run game. And so when we get into – when we get the pads on here in training camp, it'll be – You know, good to see him do that, but for what we asked him to do in these camps, uh, he showed out very well.
3: TC, thanks for the time. Have a great summer and we'll see you at the Greenbrier when this thing really starts cranking up. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me on here.
2: And just like with Coach Bloom, wishing Coach TC McCartney all the best here with his tight end room and that offense promises to be special if it's anything like we've seen over the past month and a half. We'll take a timeout when we come back from this commercial break. Cornerback MJ Emerson sits down with Nathan Zagura. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio. We hope you're enjoying this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Reminder we will be off on Monday in observance of the Juneteenth holiday. We will be back with you on tuesday so we hope you're enjoying our our special programming today a lot of exclusive one-on-one interviews that uh, we we put in the can as they like to say in the industry last week with nathan zagura out at minicamp and uh, you're getting a chance to hear them for the first time today coming up you'll hear from tight end harrison bryant and defensive end isaiah thomas right now though a gentleman who made his mark his rookie year and is prime for a big year, too. Here's cornerback M.J. Emerson. Great
3: to be joined, as always, by a great friend of the program, Browns cornerback M.J. Emerson. M.J., how you doing? Good. How you doing today? I'm doing well, man. What is you sit here right now and you're going through, you know, we just took the pictures and you're getting everything ready and all of that. How different do you feel going through this than you did when you were walking out here as a rookie? Maybe were you a little more nervous, just a little more trying to, like, fit in? And now I feel like you're so comfortable and ready to come out here and, and you know, be that second-year stud.
6: Yeah, I would say I'm more comfortable, you know, and I just know what to expect, you know, around the building and just in this game, I guess. You know, I'm still learning a lot, but, yeah, I'm more comfortable and, I, you know, I'm just being myself.
3: What's it been like going through kind of those OTAs? now we talked a little bit about the iron sharpening iron, and you guys are bringing it this is a new look receiving core Deshaun is obviously more comfortable now it feels like it's been fun some back and forth and that's good right it's a passing camp the rules of us and we know are slanting the offenses favor in in this situation, but has it been fun to kind of see that and and see you know omari finally get out there and see kind of this team start to come together
6: yeah, it's been really fun you know just go out and compete against the guys and and just you know just see what team you know we're, we we going going into the season with and and going about battle with every Sunday. So it's just fun, you know, just getting to know everybody and, and just learning each other weaknesses and strengths.
3: Do you feel like, it just feels like there's a lot of camaraderie on this team, and there are new pieces. Like Juan's coming in, it feels like Juan fits in right away. And, and you know, you look at just kind of, everybody seems to really enjoy being around each other. Do you find that to be true this year?
6: Yes, I would agree. I would say um, our chemistry is way different. It's just way better than last year and it's, you know the season just started and I just you know around this time last year I would just now I would just now be getting here not too long ago and yeah. you know and last year I just kind of remember how it was and have been here for like three weeks. Yeah I know I would be here like three weeks and it was just different you know i going through this process now and just year two just feel a little different in a good way it feels better.
3: Absolutely and now you guys go through here I feel like your scream was you're pretty good. Your first one a little shy, yeah, little shy a little shy really but then you started bringing it
6: you yeah, don't really like to yell too much, but you know I'm gonna get the job done. So they called on me to yell, and I'm gonna get the job done. So, so you're more
3: <laughs> of like a quiet assassin,
6: exactly. Yeah. Until somebody poked me. When somebody poked me, then it's time to go.
3: So will you? Ta- are you talking some trash out there this year?
6: Uh, yeah, not too much, but I was. I'm pretty sure I'll be talking a lot more this year.
3: Well, who's the best trash talker you've encountered so far on the Browns or otherwise?
6: Best trash talker. Best trash talker on the Browns. Um, Probably the Perry Young. Every time he was in the game, he was talking talking trash all the time. He might not even make a play. He's still talking <laughs> trash. So I'll probably say Perry Young. And uh, opposing team, I don't know. A lot of people talk trash. Does that get you fired up a little bit? Yeah, I love when guys talk trash to me because it brings out the best in me. So, yeah, good luck with talking trash. Are we going to see some more strap-up this year? Are we going to do a little more of that? trying to find, you know, a signature move. I might okay. just stick with the seat belt, you know. Yeah, strap block down on the lake, but um I'm not sure. I want to come out with a dance, but I got to score. When I score then I'm come come out with a dance.
3: Have we have we practiced this Have we rehearsed this in front of the mirror?
6: Are we like is it ready or oh, yeah. it's this more Oh yeah, okay. So it's ready. Yeah, it's done. It's ready, but I'm not sure if I want to go with that dance, yeah. But I got one ready. So if we had a game today, I would have one ready, yeah.
3: That's a pick six or a scoop and score. You got to be in the end zone.
6: Yeah. Maybe a like a game, like you know, a clincher. A, yeah, a pick, and it's just like, oh, that's the game. Yeah, I'll probably do it then.
3: So we talked last week. Are you are you ready to tell us what's on the line in your competition with Greg Newsom yet? Are you ready to tell what's the prize? What's the trophy?
6: Uh, it's just you no know, a couple of dollars, some money. Okay. okay. Yeah, some
3: money. yeah. 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 Do you do you guys like? Do you ever like the cornerback room? You guys I know you guys hang out a lot off the field. What do you guys like to do together?
6: Uh probably bowling. We go bowling a lot. Really? Um, yeah, we play pool a lot, and we always like to eat good. So, we'll go sit somewhere and eat. Okay. Who's the best bowler? Greg Newsom. Yeah.
3: What's a, what would you? What's his like his average?
6: His average, like 175. What? Yeah. That's is. legit. Nah, he good. He real good. His own bowling ball and all. You know, he was in bowling leagues and all that. Yeah. Oh, he real okay. good.
3: All right. Where are you at?
6: Me. You, on, my, on a good day, I, I can roll a 175. I beat Greg before. I beat him with like a 186, but I'm just inconsistent. So on the average, it just depends who I'm playing with. If I go with Greg, then I'm playing serious. But if I, I go with like my brother or something, I probably roll like a 120, just playing around. Yeah. Are you a uh, are you a straight baller? Or are you able to, to you? So you so you're a real bowler then? Yeah, I've never become a real bowler. I'm, really good. I'm pretty good. Every time I go home, we go bowling, and, and, and you know we. We bet on push-ups and stuff like that.
3: Have you ever broken 200?
6: Nah, i never broken 200.
3: So back in my day, I'm an old man, back in my day, right after college, I was living in Atlanta. I actually played in a bowling league with Big Boy of OutKast, which is another story for their part of that story. We can't share okay. this interview. Oh, yeah, for my big boy. Okay. So he was down there. I got to a point, and I only threw it straight, never curved, nothing. And I got to a point where I was averaging about 150 as a straight ball, which was pretty good. And I one day, one time broke 200, one time only, never sniffed it again. And now, like, now, like 130, and I'm like, okay, that was okay.
6: Nah, that's cool. You know, 130, that's not horrible. That's average. I mean, it's cool. 150, pretty good. 200, excellent.
3: Yeah, 200's legit. My great uncle, true story, my great uncle had two 300s, two perfect games. He was like a legit bowler.
6: I've never seen anybody bowl a 300 my own I've idea. never seen it either. No way, never seen it. Yeah. that makes it in the
3: newspaper. You both 300, that you get, yeah, him. yeah,
6: the yeah.
3: old Uncle Steve. Love that. He'll, there he is, wherever he's watching us from. All right, you're talking pool. Who's the best pool player?
6: Me, I would probably say me, yeah. I'll probably say me or Denzel. Denzel, you're he like a
3: sheer, like a pool shark out there.
6: I really just got into the game, but i beat them so multiple times all the time honestly so to
3: be the man you got to beat the man He's be- pretty good he pretty good like do you guys always play one on one or do you guys play teams
6: yeah, we, play we play teams and we play one on one as well yeah.
3: Yeah. all eight ball what
6: eight ball like yeah. the normal yeah. normally yeah. normal yeah eight ball sure. well, nine
3: balls also a very nine balls a very nine good nine game as well that's a better like if you have three people or one on one so a nine ball like you can you have to hit them in an order so you have to hit the one in then the two but you as long as you contact whatever balls up first like you could hit Let's say you could hit the one into the nine and make the nine, you'd win right there. But you can't go after the nine ball unless you hit whatever ball it is first. So like you have to play an order. So like the strategy of where you leave it, and then there's a lot of scratches if you don't hit it. I'd
6: be at six, and if I hit the six and knock the nine, and I win. If you hit the six first, but
3: if you hit, hit yeah. First, yeah, but if you hit like the seven and then it hit the nine, in,
6: that's it.
3: Good night, Irene.
6: That's actually fun. I might try that. A little bit of
3: skill. A little skill game. I like so. You guys, are all right. MJ, always a pleasure, man.
6: Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. That's going to wrap up Hour 1
2: of Cleveland Browns Daily. Coming up next, tight end Harrison Bryant since Dow with Nathan Zagura. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: The Cleveland Browns 2023 schedule is here. Get your single-game tickets now for all of the great matchups at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com tickets and purchase yours today. Now, from minicamp week, tight end Harrison Bryant gets lost in the conversation maybe with Jordan Akins and obviously David Njoku, but a gentleman getting ready for year number four, and he could be a big one for the young tight end. Here's his thoughts on the off season with our Nathan Zagura. Here with Browns now fourth year tight end Harrison Bryant. Harrison, I feel like it was just yesterday
7: you were coming in as a rookie. It flies, man. Yeah, the, uh, going into my fourth year, the first three years have flown by, but uh excited to get year four going.
3: How's kinda of this off season been for you so far?
7: It's been great. Um got a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, about to get married. Uh congratulations. Yeah, thank you. But it's uh it's a lot of excitement and I'm just ready to, you know, finally get into a routine of football and training camp. So ready to go when are you get married uh june 24th oh, right in that little dead period All right where at uh in dallas texas so using that dead period uh we planned it obviously for that reason but excited uh ready to get it done with
3: yeah get to get well, you're very thrilled to get it going. Yeah, well, yeah. To yeah. yeah, get it started, we'll yeah, say to get, get it started, started yeah. for yeah. Exactly. We're thrilled to get it started. Do you get the honeymoon? Are you able to get that in as well? Yeah. We'll, Where are you guys going?
7: Uh, we're ge- we're headed to St. Lucia a few uh-huh. days after. So, uh, nice little relaxation before training camp starts. Head to the Greenbrier. You're gonna be a
3: vacation all over town. Well, there's yeah. no vacation yeah. at the Greenbrier, though. We know that. All right. So, what's the OTAs? Obviously, you know, you've gotten a lot of reps, been able to work with Deshaun. How's that chemistry coming along? And you know, how do you feel kind of about maybe some of the evolutions that you're seeing out there?
7: Yeah. Um. I think. Uh, I mean, we've had. 10 ota practices now we're about to have three mini camp practices Uh, i think we've really grown as an offense in those 10 practices uh not only connection between quarterback and pass catchers but just as a whole team just being able to get out and and get together and i think it's been a really successful 10 days just continue to build on those in these last three days
3: What's has been like being able to get some trips away so that you guys are able to kind of build that chemistry and then be able to bring that back here to Bria.
7: yeah it's always good to um hang out with the guys away from the building because you know, some guys open up a little more. I mean, everyone's real professional in here, but it's good to get out and, and have certain conversations that aren't directly correlated to football, so it's always good.
3: Do you see a difference in Deshaun so far this year?
7: Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone knows he's extremely talented, but just seeing that, that comfort of having a full you know, offseason of knowing the certain playbook and, and throwing with certain guys, so it's been good so far.
3: Do you feel like you sense kind of an evolution, too, of the offense to now what it will be with Deshaun at quarterback?
7: Um, you could say that, yeah. I mean, obviously, he played six games last year, so he kind of got a taste of what um, Coach Stefanski and ABP wanted to do with it. But uh, I think he's just going to continue to grow into what they want, and, and obviously, he's extremely talented, so the sky's the limit.
3: And a lot of new weapons as well. And we've yeah. seen Marquise good, and we've seen Elijah in your room. Jordan Akins has yeah. come in. It feels like this has an offense as a the chance to put a lot of points on the board
7: yeah a lot of talented guys we've added to our you know the offensive skill room um like you said elijah marquise jordan this is some talented guys and a lot of speed too which is never a bad thing so <laughs> You know, speed kills, and that's always good to have more. The more the merrier of speed on your team is great.
3: Do you think people understand how helpful it is that let's call it Marquise, and we've seen him catch a couple long balls, but even sometimes let's say he runs those clear outs and he doesn't get the ball. Yeah. How much more space that creates for, especially in your room, to operate in the middle of the
7: field? Yeah, I mean, the one thing you can't coach is speed, obviously, and one factor that scares a lot of defensive players and defense coordinators is speed. And, you know, only seeing him for a few days, uh, one of the more impressive things is how great his ball skills are. Um, usually, you know, it's, not, it's no
3: good if you can run but you can't catch it. You gotta there, catch there's
7: it. There's a lot of guys that um, have speed but don't have the tracking ability and stuff. But and that that's what I think makes Tyreek Hill so talented is because how good his ball skills are. Yeah. Obviously, he's fast and talented, but his ball skills are great. And, you know, uh, Marquise's ball skills are really impressive, too. So that I'm, I'm excited to see him get going more.
3: Did you like getting a little bit of, like, a, an OTA viral moment where, they're like, Harrison Bryant's out here putting guys on skates where you're in that little jerk right? You like that?
7: I, I didn't even see it until actually my fiance, she sent it to me. She was like, uh-oh. And I was like, I, I don't – on social media, I try not to get, get involved in any of that stuff and just <laughs> – just uh, look at the, I'm a funny meme guy on Instagram and Twitter. So yeah, they're stay great. Away from, stay away from the football stuff. Yeah. Yeah,
3: absolutely. So when you think about this journey you've been on kind of, what's the thing that you've been the most proud of in your time here with the Browns?
7: Um, I, I would say, obviously we, we had a great uh, first year and, and then two losing seasons. Uh, hopefully, hopefully finish it on a, a winning season, a, a great season. Um, but I would say more so just the way I've went about my business. And the availability i provided and obviously there's plays you always want back and stuff, but that's part of football and I'm just looking to continue to grow and be available this season. So I'm excited.
3: Yeah. I feel like there's going to be a lot of opportunity this season. I think this is a season of where you mentioned it. There's urgency, there's pressure. This is, you look around this football team and you're going to see it, you know, mini camp today. This is a talented roster with talent where you need the talent. This is a time for this team to be very good. And I think opportunities for you to be a big part of this team being very
7: good. Yeah, Like you said, uh, it's a lot of, I mean, I wouldn't say pressure, but there's definitely a lot of urgency in the building and offensively, defensively, everyone knows we got to get it right. Cause uh, like on paper, it doesn't matter how good the team is. You got to go out there and perform and every week you can be beat no matter if it's what people would say is the worst team in the league or the best team you got to go out and perform and it takes all 11 dudes at the same time coming together and making plays so that's what we're trying to do
3: now this is very much a passing camp so you're not going to get to see everything like the way that the d-line is going to react to a lot of things when you get the pads on later on but what have you seen kind of from this defense that jim schwartz is ushering out there and how it's going to maybe affected the the play of the second and the third levels
7: um like you said it's been real a passing camp but uh just hearing some of the coaches talk about it and hear actually coach schwartz describe it it's, it's a really attack defense uh, and they added a lot of additions to the d-line and it's really exciting to see because going into a week and and you're doing the scouting report, and if you know a d-line is good um it, it's it's a tough week so i'm really excited about all the guys they added in there and just ready to see them attack and and just Play with that intensity that Coach Schwartz brings. So I'm excited.
3: Most people think probably when they think about a team that's going to have guys off the edge like Miles, Darius, Obo. We drafted Isaiah McGuire, Alex Wright's back, yeah. Isaiah Thomas. You know, they always think, oh, the tackles must be nervous. Well, tight ends often find themselves mixed up with those guys. So that's other the tighter end rooms around the league, to be like, ee, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
7: Especially in our offense, because Coach Fence, he's not afraid to throw us over there and try to see what see what we can do blocking them or chipping them or whatever. But you know, I mean watching film for the week and you watch Miles Garrett and Zedary Smith uh, as a tight end, you're hoping you got a lot of backside cutoffs. So uh, it's, it's definitely something that teams are going to be thinking about and obviously having the game plan for.
3: Have you ever had to watch out for a defensive coordinator if you're running like a real shallow drag and make sure you don't run him over when he's out there in the middle of the play?
7: Um, no, but I, obviously Coach Schwartz has been out there, but he, he stays out of the way. But I I haven't really got to talk to him, but I'm, I'm, I I'm love sure you've him. heard him though. Yeah, I love high intensity guys. So I think it's great for our team and you know, get get some juices flowing for everyone.
3: All right, Harrison, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on, on the joy of your marriage coming up. Have a great honeymoon, and then we'll see you back here for uh, or at the Greenbrier for Train Kim. Get going, man. Thanks, appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Break time for us here on Cleveland Browns Daily. When we return, you'll hear from second-year defensive end Isaiah Thomas. This is Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Welcome back to a special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. We're, of course, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio. I'm Jason Gibbs, playing some interviews that we put in the can during minicamp week, saving for a day like today. A lot of good content here, a lot of good material. You're really going to like this one next. That defensive end room, there's a lot of bodies in there, but don't fall asleep on our two defensive ends that we drafted a year ago at this time. Alex Wright and this interview. With defensive end Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah, great to see you, man. How you been?
8: I've been doing good. Yeah. I had a good off season. Uh been up here, you know, since about uh, when we had a report when we had the first report back and I've been, you know, getting a lot of off season work in. I feel like I'm getting stronger, definitely more explosive, and uh, you know, I think I've been making the most, you know, going into year two.
3: When you look back on that rookie year, you were in some big moments. You had, yeah, you had some big plays. What what do you take away from that rookie season?
8: Uh, You know, I I was definitely, I surprised myself at at times, you know, not in the sense of the plays that I've made, but, you know, the opportunities that I was given and to be able to make those plays, if that makes sense. Um, Definitely, I want to build off those big plays that I made, um, you know, be more consistent and uh, be impactful, you know, 17, 18 games throughout this season, you know, instead of, you know, five, six or seven of them. But, you know, it was good. It was a good experience, you know, and I think for me, a seventh round pick, to have the year that i had and you know to be able to have those opportunities i think i can definitely build off those and you know just keep you know my head going down and going forward
3: you're so productive in college right and so you say okay seventh round, then you come out and then you're productive here able to get to the quarterback that's why you were drafted did that make you feel like all right yeah like I blank, it doesn't matter where you're drafted once you're here by the way it doesn't matter at all
8: yeah 100 yeah like you said you know those plays i made in college in transitioning to the NFL, then, um, my to, to my very first preseason game last year uh, against Jacksonville had uh two sacks, three TFL. Oh, I
3: remember that was my first game in the booth. I, remember, I was saying Isaiah Thompson, MJ Emerson with the pick, the rookie showing out, baby. Let's go, yeah, exactly. So, you know, like you said, with, with those type of plays,
8: you know, definitely from the first day of that preseason game, I said to myself, I belong here. Then, you know, I had my moments in the regular season to where that that showed you know that it wasn't a fluke and you know that I belong here and that you know, giving the right chance, the right opportunity, and along with myself, with the right preparation, you know, I'll be in this league for a very long
3: time. You know what I love is that, you know, you work so hard. You played, obviously, at a big-time college. You worked so hard to get to the NFL, and you're still, like – excited about what you did. I saw the the kind of display that was put together for your first sack. Like, that's cool yeah. to me. Like, that's awesome. That's something that nobody can ever take that away from you. Right. Under the bright lights, you went out there and got it done.
8: For sure. Yeah. Like you said, can't nobody take that moment away from me. I mean, I remember when I got that sack. Uh, what was it? Thursday night football, if I'm not mistaken, on Halloween?
3: It was Monday night. It was Monday Joe night. Burrow, baby. Yes. Monday. Come on. A, a nice Browns win, if I recall.
8: And it was, uh, it was a moment that, like you said, that can't be taken away. And as soon as I got that sack, you know, the guys are like, you got to get that jersey after the game and get it framed or whatnot. And, you know, Brad... Our equipment manager man, he got a frame for me and whatnot. I got it hanging in my uh, at my house and whatnot. So it was a special moment, and, and I want to have plenty more of those moments coming up. That's great motivation,
3: right? Every time you see, say, I know I can do this. Let's yeah. go do more of this.
8: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And with the guys that we have in that D line room, and with the coach that we have, you know, as our DC and our D line coach, those those opportunities will definitely come up again. You know, they preach sacks, you know, sacks, TFLs, you know, takeaways, and those moments will definitely come again. So me being the, the way that I know where I can play, I know I can have many more of those moments.
3: Hey, talk about that room. Let's talk about it for a second. Miles Garrett, you bring in Zadarius Smith, yeah. Oboe, yourself, Alex Wright. Like, that's a loaded group, and I bet there are part, there are times when you could have five DNs on the field together in this defense.
8: Yeah, like you said, we got some special guys, and there's some vets, obviously, in Miles and Zadarius, you know, some pro bowlers, some all pro players. And obviously, with me, my, uh, myself, and uh, with Alex Wright, and along with uh, Oboe, you know, I played one year with him at uh, OU. His senior year was my freshman year. He was a Big 12 uh, Defensive Player of the Year that year, man. So I, n- I well know what he's capable of doing, and uh, just to be able to have that talent out there. You know, there's no excuse for us not to be able to get to the passer this year and to be the most productive unit on this team.
3: When you have guys like that that you have familiarity with, how much does that help? You know, I was just talking to Alex Wright, and Z'Darrius Smith grew up an hour away from in Alabama. He was watching him his whole life. For you to have kind of that relationship, what what's that like?
8: No, it's, it's a big deal. And, you know, team chemistry and that culture, That's a you know, people really don't understand how much that is valued, you know, because you can have a super team, a, a, you know, quote-unquote, and, you know, have as many guys as you want that played at a high level at some point in their career, but if they don't have that chemistry and if they don't mold well together – I mean, none of that matters. And for us to have those relationships with Alex and Zadarius, me and Obo, Miles been here for a while. I think, but seven, seven years now yeah. going in, and for him to have that comfortability to be that leader and just mold us all together, that's a, that's a big deal, and it's going to be a big part of our success.
3: You know, what I like about it too is that you've got, you know, Miles and and obviously Zadarius, they've. They have the accolades. They've yeah, done it right at a high level. Obo's here trying to prove himself. You're trying to prove yeah. yourself. Alex Wright is trying to prove himself. So you've got kind of a mix of the very established and then guys who have a lot of talent right. who are on the ascent. So is that kind of fun? Have you kind of found like a little pocket like where Obo, because he signed his deal, but I'm sure he's saying like, yeah. look, I want to go be a double-digit sack know, guy. Yeah.
8: yeah, for sure. And to be able to see guys like guys that have proved themselves and guys that are not, that want to prove themselves. And you know, guys right in that mix as far as Obo is. You know, like you said, he signed that deal, but he still has something to prove. And to see guys as hungry as they are as if they didn't sign the deals that they have. You know, you know it's nothing but motivation to be able to have as a second-year player going into this league, like to see a guy as humble as Miles and as humble as Oboe to have the career that they've had this far and to still say to themselves that they've done nothing and that we've accomplished nothing. It, it it makes you excited i'm getting excited talking about it man i'm ready
3: i love it what do you say is the biggest difference in you standing here today than you were exactly 1 year ago going into your rookie mini camp
8: i'd say confidence 100% i mean you can have as much confidence as you can your rookie year going into you know rookie mini camp preseason but you know the business part of it gets you know get caught up get in your head a little bit you know like, like, dang, like, do I belong here? Or do they want me here? Do they think I belong here or whatnot? Like, you know, am I ready for this stage? And then after you get that year under your belt, you're like, oh, yeah, like I belong here. You know, like, like I, I said that to myself, like I mentioned earlier in that preseason game. But then after that sack and after that whole year was done, it like established to me like, yeah, I really belong here. Like, I'm not going to let
3: this opportunity get away from me regardless what comes my way. One thing that I think has to be exciting as a defensive end in this defense, and we'll talk about kind of the schematics of it, is that you know if you're up, you're going to play. You guys are going to be rotating. Everybody's going to be fresh, and it is going to be an attack mentality. So, you know, you make this team, you get up on game days, you are going to play, and you're getting a chance to rush the passer.
8: Yeah, and they told us that. Like, Bloom and uh, Swartz, they told us that. Like, we're rolling, guys. Like, you know, saying four or five, you know, we're rolling. We, uh, We want guys fresh. We want guys attacking. 100%, 100%, you know, 100 effort, 100% effort, and when those moments come where certain guys got to be in at a certain time, those guys will be in, but other other than that, like, guys are going to play. If you're up, be ready. Like, there's none of that, you know, maybe you might get in, maybe not. If you got
3: that helmet on your head and them shoulder pads on on game day, be ready, you know, get on your P's and Q's. Yeah, and we're going to have five ends up. I mean, that's the way that this D is going to be. I think people got to get used to it. It's going to be fast, and it's going to be attacking, and I'm sure for you, that's fun. Oh no! Yeah, it's definitely fun for me, and and the the defense that Schwartz introduced, you know,
8: it, it was exciting. You know, you know, watering at the mouth whenever you see the type of schemes that he has drawn up for us to be able to just attack, <laughs> to be able to just attack. You know, stay on your line, and and you know, mess stuff up. You know, you know, to have it the PG version of it, yeah. to mess stuff up whatever comes in your way. So you know, that's exciting to know that you just got to get off and attack whatever's coming in front of you. I mean, what else can you ask for?
3: What have you seen so far? This defense had some moments, obviously, in the OTAs. The offense has had some moments. What have you seen kind of the changes in this offense? Now you got Deshaun here for the full off season, knowing that he's going to be there game one and kind of the command he's taken.
8: Yes, the, what I noticed in the difference I've seen in the offense is like, you know, like less wonders on, you know, how are we going to uh, adjust to when Deshaun comes back or how are we going to adjust to a certain quarterback than whenever – uh, he, if he goes down, then what if we got to adjust again, you know, the certainty that we have with Deshaun coming into the season, as far as the offensive perspective, it helps out a lot. You know, it it, it eliminates a lot of the questions as far as, you know, what are we going to go into this week with, you know, what plays are we going to run, what type of, what are we going to see, even as far as us defensively, like we know Deshaun's that quarterback when we go out go out there at practice. So be on the lookout for this, this and this, like be ready for it, expect it. So just that certainty of what this offense is going to be like and who we're going to have back
3: there under the center is going gonna, gonna to help us out a lot. So I don't know if it's seven-on-seven seven anymore because I've never seen seven-on-sevens like this where you got the center of the two guards, we've got the two ends out there, and you guys are just like in a race yeah, yeah. to get back there. Is that something, are they charting who's winning those or, and right, what is that? Okay, yeah, yeah. how are you doing in that? you like got a nice get-off. Yeah, yeah, so the the ends, we've only got to do it one time this far. I think the
8: D-tackles have done it twice. Okay. Um, I want to say me personally, I've went three times. I've won, okay, so me and Alex went three times. I've won once legitimately. Alex jumped on one. And now I won, so I, that's two wins technically. That's what it sounds like. So then, uh, then Alex won the last one. So, but it, it's good, you know. Um, like you said, like I said, the, the defense that Swartz has for us to be able to just get off and mess up whatever is in front of us. I mean, that translates. So, you know, get off, take off, and you know, whatever comes next. You know, we'll handle it with our physicality and technique. So that stuff helps us, and it translates for us to be able to
3: just get off the ball and whatever, whatever color that's not ours, and just you know mess it up. So I feel like after your long, lustrous career is over, you could easily be. Right now, I could picture you as a co- coach at a podium or yeah. doing commenting, dude i love it love talking to you
8: no yeah i enjoy it and it's funny you say that because me and my fiance talk about this all the time like we'll be watching the nba finals or we'll be watching the nfl game or whatnot during the season whenever that time whenever we're not playing and i'm saying the same things as the commentator saying like like oh he got he got to be aware of this or whatever and then the commentator be on the lookout for this i'm like i'm telling you honey like i belong in that booth or just being <laughs> a coach you know uh, my major in college was a uh, human relations and for me i just translated into like the study of humans and just a psychological, uh, the psychological part of it, and just how people are, and just be able to communicate. Because I'm a people person, no you know. I love to talk. You know, what I'm saying I like to show who I am and stuff. So definitely, if that career, you know, takes it in in ten plus years, and hopefully, I have the opportunity to coach or be in a booth somewhere.
3: That would be awesome, Isaiah. Always a pleasure talking to you, man. Good luck.
2: Thank you. Appreciate All right. you. All right, we hope you're enjoying this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on this Friday. We'll take a quick break when we come back from the best podcast available. Shameless plug. Yours truly, Nathan Zagura, Anthony Poizel, our senior staff writer. We break down all of minicamp week and the offseason. You'll hear part one of that when we return on Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. <laughs>
0: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Valley Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio. I'm Jason Gibbs. We hope you're enjoying this special Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily with Isaiah Thomas, Harrison Bryant, MJ Emerson, defensive line coach Ben Bloom and tight end coach T.C. McCartney. That's who you've heard from today so far. Time now for part one from the best podcast available. Like and subscribe today, by the way, to the best podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Check out all of the episodes, and there's 14 of them with interviews with players, Dane Brugler, front office people, Uh, You name it, you want a little inside scoop on things, the best podcast available can do that. You can watch all the episodes, youtube.com slash Browns. Here's yours truly with Nathan Zagura and senior staff writer, Anthony Poizel, recapping minicamp and the offseason. We hope you enjoy part one of the best podcast available here. Gentlemen, the offseason is officially over on to the Greenbrier and Training Camp 2023. But before that, let's put Mandatory Minicamp to bed. Zagura, so I will start with you. One word to describe the Browns' 2023 Mandatory Minicamp.
3: Exciting. I was going to use a different word from the pre-show, <laughs> but then I thought, the are show we behind doing this, this all show? in one take? Yes, because we are. Because if we are, I can't use that word. So, Yeah, we exciting. want, we want
2: Baco to not have to work like 20 hours putting, putting this together. Why, why exciting? This is a glorified passing
3: camp is what it is. And when you go through and, you know, you asked me prior to minicamp, what are the top five you know, things you want to see or questions that remain. And number one is Deshaun Watson. That's really what the season is about, right? If Deshaun Watson, we know how good this roster is on both sides of the ball. So if Deshaun Watson can go back to or even be better than the guy in 2020 who led the league in passing, we are going to be formidable. We're a team that absolutely can win the AFC North. We're a team that absolutely can win the AFC and we're a team that absolutely can win the Super Bowl. So I think a lot hinges on that. And while again, this is seven on seven, the ball's not supposed to hit the ground much It didn't, and he was throwing the ball with such confidence, such precision. Every player that I talked to was grinning from ear to ear, even on the defense, because they're like, we're not going to have to deal with him when it matters. The first day of minicamp, that red zone period where he threw nine touchdowns on 10 passes was the best that we've seen here. Again, I understand people go, oh, it's a low bar. Okay, fine. That was elite. Alex Van Pelt has coached Aaron Rodgers. He thought that was elite and a lot of fun. Chad O'Shea has been around Tom Brady. He thought that was elite and a lot of fun. So we have people who have been around the quarterbacks that we've always aspired to have. And now I think we have a guy who has that kind of ability and he showed it at this mini minicamp.
2: Boizel, one word.
9: Yeah, I will also use a, a synonym to Nathan's word, and that's encouraging, and it's for the same reasons. We saw Deshaun connect with just about every single receiver who's going to be at the top of that depth chart. That red zone 7-on-7 seven seven period that you were talking about, easily the best that we've seen him play out here and, and, and the best that we've seen on these practice fields in, in a long Ever. time. And that is what you wanted to see. And, yes, there were no pads. There were no contact. It is still June and it was only three days uh, of mini camp practices, but it really couldn't have looked that much better. And if you are a coach on this coaching staff and you want to see how much more comfortable Deshaun looks, that is exactly what you wanted to see. And you know, the talk all week too has been. Uh, Deshaun looks way more comfortable right now than he did at any point last year, and you can see it in his throws. Again, the precision, the confidence—it's all there. The chemistry is all there. He's hitting guys in stride. There's no—you can even just see the improvement over the last few weeks of, of, of when we, you know, first saw him in, in OTAs to now looks so much better. So I think it's just super encouraging to see that the one main element of minicamp, which as you said, is the pass game, looked
3: about as good as you really could have asked this week. If we're supposed to be elite. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's what seven on sevens are supposed to look like. And they did. And so I think that was, as I said, exciting. And you could go even into Elijah Moore, the chemistry he's already built with Elijah Moore. DPJ looks great. Amari, you know, we've only seen him sparingly, but has looked like Amari when he's been out there. And now think about Chubb and and the Chief and Jordan Akins is coming and making plays. Cedric Tillman looks good. Marquise Goodwin looks good. I mean, we're all of a sudden talking about a team that has a bevy of offensive weapons. And as Marquise Goodwin said to me after the Wednesday practice, he goes, there is no ceiling for this offense. And let's not forget, he was playing with Tyler Locke and DK Metcalf last year in what was a very explosive Seattle offense. So uh, it just, y- you have to score to win. And people are saying, well, what about the defense? What about... Our defense has a great back end. The rules are slanted towards the offense, so you want to see them. And I thought as the week went on, they had some moments as well. And uh, Absolutely. I was going to yeah, say the same thing. The defense
2: came to play on, in many cases, on Wednesday. They mm-hmm. had very good coverage.
3: Yeah. That's why this was so special because some of these throws were just absurdly good in windows where you didn't think that he could throw them. And then when we get the pads on and we get this D-line going, that's the strength of this team. You can see it. We are a much different walk-off-the-bus team. And and AP, Gibby, I'm sure you both agree with this. I really think, and Andrew Berry spent time in Philadelphia, those joint practices last year when they walked into our facility and everybody was like, uh, what? I think they were like, we need to get bigger. We need to get more physical. And we've
2: done that in a major way. Absolutely. I, I would, my one word, fun. It was fun to see. There's, there's so many weapons. There's so many guys that can make plays. I, I, I don't know 10, 12 wide receivers going to be competing in that wide receiver room yeah. for, for spots on the roster. Uh, the tight end room is deep. I mean, we, f- we forget about Harrison Bryant. Don't forget about Harrison Bryant because he made some plays this week. Uh, at the running back position with Jerome Ford, weapons, weapons, weapons. Uh, we talk about it on Cleveland Browns daily. It's an arms race. We have a lot of arms. <laughs> yeah and most importantly the arm throwing the football looked pretty good offensively uh we talked a lot about you know this camp this week uh and, and what we learned from them uh is the deepest position offensively at the wide receiver room poisele i'll start with you
9: yeah unquestionably because you just go down the roster right now you go down the wide receiver room right now and you can safely I think assign the first five spots on the depth chart and that's not something that every team can do right now and I know that's not something that this team really has been able to do over the last several seasons you know when you have a depth chart that's rounded out right now in those top five by I think Cedric Tillman who looked great this week you're in a pretty good spot and you add in you know the fact that Marquise Goodwin age 32 is, you know, making deep ball plays and and looks as explosive as, as probably he ever has in his career. Like, and he's going to be, what, your third, fourth receiver on the depth chart probably? Um, that's a great sign. And, and you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who we, I don't even think we've talked about him yet. he Had a big day on Wednesday. Yeah, he looked phenomenal. I think he was the receiver who, and this is what he's done his whole career, but, you know, he might not always have the most separation. But if Deshaun is able to put that ball where it needs to go, he's going to come down with it. And he showed that again, I think, uh, when Deshaun was clicking on all cylinders on that first day of practice uh, on Wednesday.
2: Would you agree?
3: I mean, I would, which is crazy. In 11 years, we've been begging to have a real wide receiver depth chart, and now we have... An abundance of that, and perhaps more additions could be on the horizon. I don't think they're necessary at this point, but as you said, it's an arms race. But you got Amari as your one. You've got DPJ and Elijah Moore as your 2-3. Goodwin is your four. Tillman is your five. David Bell, who you drafted last year in the third round, has actually looked good out here. It yeah. seems mm-hmm. to be playing faster, probably at the sixth spot then Jalen Darden has made plays. Dalen Baldwin has made plays every single day and getting reps with the one. Uh, Yeah, Jalen Darden, I think, is one guy who flashed this week. Jalen Darden, in my mind right now, I I think getting Marquise Goodwin is the best thing that ever happened to him because he's working with him on his releases. He is fast, and I think that if you're thinking long-term, can Jalen Darden in 2024 be Marquise Goodwin for your offense in 2023? I think there's a a high likelihood. Now he's going to have to probably end up practice squad and then stay here he may get plucked. You never know. But I think that he has shown things. They love Mike Harley in the way that he runs his routes and always is where he's supposed to be. We haven't mentioned Jakeem Grant, who, by the way, yes, was an all pro and very productive return was very effective as a wide receiver in both Miami and Chicago. Anthony Schwartz is still here. And obviously, he has that that speed. So it is it's an outrageously deep group. I think that you know the tight end room is deep. I think our offensive line room is deep. I think our quarterback room is deep, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Running back, if then, we'll get to this, I'm sure, later. If there is a question, maybe that's where it is. But we have never had a group of receivers like this, nor have we ever had a quarterback to get them the ball. And that's why exciting, fun, encouraging. That's why what this passing camp has been is, is pretty darn good.
2: All right, defensively, deepest uh, position.
3: The defensive end room for me, Uh, and I think we've got great depth at safety. I think we have great depth at the cornerback position Uh, linebackers. We have a ton of guys and with the way Jordan Kunashik's played, I think that you can feel like there's good depth there, but it's got to be the end position because think about it. You got Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. You now have two of the five guys in the league that have had double-digit sacks in three of the last four seasons. You've got Obo Okoronkwo, who you brought in here, and you would have been fine if he was your number two. Now he's going to get a ton of one-on-ones when you go into those formations with three, and I think we're going to see four, maybe even five Five, defensive ends at a time. That's crazy, by the way. (laughs) It is crazy. Alex Wright has played very well, and they think his jump from year one to year two is massive. You'll see him a lot on the inside. You draft Isaiah McGuire, who is very productive in the SEC. And then don't forget about Isaiah. Thomas who was incredibly productive as a rookie when given opportunities had that big sack of Joe Burrow on Monday night football uh, recovered a fumble against the Baltimore Ravens so I I like what I've seen from him so I think that is a that's a deep group and I think for the first time since we've been here you're gonna see you could see six defensive ends on the final 53 and I think you will see five defensive ends active on game days
2: yeah which is just crazy
3: And that's a really
9: strong argument there for the deepest position on the defense. Uh, I'll say cornerbacks, though, just because, you know, not every team right now has three guys who I think you can safely slot in as a starting cornerback right now. And obviously, it's the same as last year. I think that was the deepest position on the defense last year as well. But, you know, when you uh, can line up Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome and Martin Emerson, wherever you want. And that's I feel like that's what Jim Schwartz is going to do. He's going to he's going to rotate those guys in the slot and on the outside and then Of course, you know you look at the depth behind him. You know Mike Ford, who just got here. He's been around a while. AJ Green's been around around a while and has made plays over his career here. And then I I think one guy who. It's, I'm kind of intrigued to watch is Chris Westry. You know, he's so tall, so it looks so rangy. Um, he's also relatively new in this league, been, I think this is year three for him. And um, some, somebody who I think could really compete for a depth spot uh, on, on the depth chart there.
2: Tyvis uh, Powell from the radio network was out here the other day and, and knows Westry and said, "The great pickup. Like, he just needs a little bit of work, a total development guy, but he goes, he's got all the tools that can be effective in this defense.
3: Well, if he can become what member Pierre Desir was for us, sure. and then Pierre Desir made a lot of money with Indianapolis Colts and then the Jets, he's a guy that you'd look at him and typically you'd say, okay, cover three, man could be tough. We're going to play a lot more man here, but there certainly could be a role, and he's got a unique – gift in size and then you got a couple guys Thomas Graham as well and then Cam Mitchell our draft pick out of Northwestern who have kind of that inside outside versatility so there is definitely some depth there I would say it's very top heavy in the sense that our top three are probably a top five top three in the league if and maybe even top three top three in the league Uh, and that's going to carry us and i think when you marry that with the pass rush so those are the two places you want to be deep at and you want to be talented at and i think we are and
9: i think because of that pass rush those three guys are all going to look even better this year if if it's as destructive if that front is as destructive as they think it's going to be that means there's only going to be more opportunities for those guys to get more interceptions which is something that i think they still would have wanted more of last year right well yeah mj and greg are looking for their first exactly and more breakups, obviously. So I, I, think, I think it's it's a big year for those guys if the
3: defense does what it needs to do.
2: Zagura, play of the week? Is there a play that stood out to you?
3: So I plans? would go back. There were two of them from the first day. And one was Donovan Peoples-Jones was in the slot to the left and ran a little jerk route working one-on-one with Denzel. Faked to the out, brought it back to the inside. It was a rocket from Deshaun. And he flashed his hands at the last possible second getting both feet in. That was good. And then there was one where Elijah Moore was lined up on the outside and ran a C route and there was good coverage Mike Ford's in great position and Deshaun just put it above his head and Elijah went up and got it and I thought that was just absurd balls absurd catches I mean there's
9: literally so many plays you could have picked out on on that that first day had a bunch yeah Marquise Goodwin had a couple I mean so many plays I think the thing that I I would say is I'm I'm also going to go multiple plays here if that's okay uh but just every pass that Deshaun completed to Amari Cooper on that first day. You know, I didn't know if Amari was going to be out there uh, after yeah, the offseason. Former right
3: Delpit's hand was.
9: It, it, I mean, you could pick any of them. I didn't know if he was going to be out there because of the the core muscle surgery. It wouldn't have surprised me if if they were just you know just take it easy. But he went out there and he he balled out, and it, it, that's what again that's what you really want to see out of Deshaun and 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 Cooper this year because those guys you know kind of up and down. I think when when um you know Watson was finally playing at games against last year, but um, it, it, it just looks so good. And and the fact that that was how it looked in their first full practice together after, you know, Amari had the surgery, I think, again, was, was really encouraging. So I, I would take any of those
3: plays uh, and you can throw that as your play of the week. I want to add one more. There was a play where Deshaun did a play fake and then booted out to his left, flipped his hips and just flicked the ball about 45 yards to Elijah Moore, who was running a post yep. from the left. So basically all the way back to the right sideline that was perfect. And it was like, okay, all right, yeah. Gerard anyway, was Gerard when he threw that. When Gerard was like, yeah, that that was like Brady. That was,
9: ooh. and one more play where I was like, wow. Uh We talked again about about Jalen Darden. Well, he caught the deepest ball that I think Watson threw on that first day. I want to say it was probably a forty fifty yard pass, and you know it didn't even really look like that far of a deep ball because of how low. Uh, you know, Watson threw it. It had just so much zip on it, but it was perfectly placed. You know, Darden was wide open. Just looked like such an easy play. And the fact that he's making it with a guy who's, you know, not in that top five, not in that top six, if you were to put a depth chart together right now, still just super encouraging. Yeah.
2: Well, and the other thing I would say, and I know we, we've gone offensive heavy. We talked about the secondary a little bit. And defensive line, obviously, eye test, great. That safety room, really, really showed some flashes on certain plays, especially on Wednesday. Thornhill, McLeod, uh, Delpit, uh it, I mean, there's some really good bodies and good leaders coming out of that room that I think are gonna be the leaders on this defense. Yeah, you know, even
3: when you talk to because I was talking with Marquise Goodwin and I was talking about how he and Thornhill or John a little bit and he's like, Yeah, well he's got rings, you know, and so you respect that and I think that he's brought a respect obviously to the back end of this defense from what he's doing. Grant had a breakout season last year. I think if we had been better, a lot more people would be talking about. Grant Delpit, over 100 tackles, the four interceptions to lead the team. He is playing fast and smart and then you have Rodney McLeod who's actually like a coach in that room who is very much a capable starter and we're going to see the versatility where we're going to be able to play those three safeties and utilize them in different ways. So yeah, I think that that back end of the defense is going to be very good and to your point earlier, when you get out there with the pass rush and they know that the ball's got to be coming out. We're going to get a lot more chances to gamble, a lot more chances to get interceptions and, and be, you know, tight to your man, know the ball's coming and have a chance to make those plays. And I think, you know,
9: going back to Thornhill, the thing that I really noticed about him this week is just how loud he is. <laughs> you know, he's does such a good job, it seems, of, of communicating in the back part of the defense, which we know is something that that they kind of needed to you know step up uh, this year. So um, but not even that, uh, he's also a great trash talker. Uh, you know, I won't say anything that he, he's been saying on the field, but he's definitely one of the, the more vocal players when it comes to talking to guys on the other team and i think that's something that the defense really wants to kind of bring out this year they want to be a mean feisty group and and i think thornhill fits that type of culture perfectly in addition to all the plays that he's made over his career and that he will you know hopefully continue to make here in cleveland
2: part two final thoughts and wrapping up on a friday edition of cleveland browns daily Coming up after this timeout, it's brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: One final segment on this Friday. And there is, as Bo Bishop likes to say, so much more. The best podcast available. Part two, mini camp recap. Yours truly, Nathan Zagura, senior staff writer, Anthony Poizal. Have a listen. All right, you can only give me one most exciting new addition, either on offense or defense this week.
9: Yeah, it's definitely, to me, Elijah Moore just because of all the different ways that we saw him lined up in the offense. You know, we saw him play in the slot. We saw him play in the outside. We even saw him play in the backfield. Uh, you know they would motion him into the backfield and i think when you see elijah moore in the backfield a defense has no idea what's going to come next and uh, to me you know he's a guy that's hungry to to put in a really big year here and i think the fact that you know they're they're looking to utilize him at so many different spots in this offense shows that they are committed to maximizing his speed maximizing his great hands and making sure that we are going to make the most out of having a guy as as versatile as as quick as elijah Moore in our offense this year as we can zugro
3: i mean that's that's the answer but i'll flip it to the defensive side you said it well and i mean i talked with kunashik afterwards and i said and it's it's not very fun when he lines up in the backfield right he's like well we've already had to have meetings and change how we try to deal with yeah, him because he's such go. a mismatch and and elijah moore is a stud i love them coming out of Ole miss i wanted him that draft the browns wanted him that draft he went second pick in the second round I believe he certain is, head coach's father yes, wanted him no doubt yeah so this is this is very exciting i'm gonna go with Zadarius smith And we haven't gotten to see him do anything on the field per se, but just looking at him, I was like, whoa, he is a big, big dude. And he is very effective rushing from the inside as well as the outside. And they kind of showed in that half speed jog through where they're doing a two minute drill, you know, the idea that you can have Dalvin Tomlinson pushing the pocket, Zadarius next to him, one on one with a guard, miles outside of him where they can't. Double all of these guys, and then Oboe on a wide nine on the other side, where they you know they're sliding and he's going to have a short angle to the quarterback. It, it's going to be fun. He gives us, you know, if not the best pass rushing tandem in the league, we're certainly in the discussion of the top three pass rushing tandems in the league. You think about Mack and Bosa down with the Chargers, you think about TJ Watt and Highsmith with the Steelers, you think about Nick Bosa and probably Armstead or whomever. Now they got Hargrave with the Niners. We're in that conversation now, and we never have been before that's exciting to me.
2: So what's next? The Greenbrier at the end of July and training camp. Uh the position battle you are most excited to see, Nathan Zagura. It's a
3: dramatic I don't pause. know that there are a lot of necessarily position battles. I am curious, I'll throw out a couple things I'm curious about. I'm curious, can Jerome Ford be the number two running back? And all indications so far, they're very pleased with what he's shown. But we're only going to know that once we put the pads on, we see him in some more pass pro, right? Do or do they have to go out and get a, a veteran like a JD McKissick, who's a professional pass catcher out of the backfield? So that would be on offense, that's really it for me. Defensively, you know. Jordan Elliott, Jim Schwartz has been very high on him so far. Can he emerge as that number two defense tackle? And then the guy that I think has got a ton of talent, on Winfrey. You know, obviously went through some tough stuff this week, and I feel very much for him and for Greg that had to be Terrifying. Can't wait to see him out there. And then Maurice Hurst is a guy who I think is also very, very talented. How does he perform? And so that kind of second, third defense, because there's going to be a rotation along with Siaki Ika, obviously. You know, who are the two, three, four defensive tackles? What does that look like? And then, you know, I guess at linebacker, you don't know kind of how that's going to shake out. We hope to get A. Walk back soon. He says he'll be good for training camp. We hope to get Taki Taki back soon. Jordan Kunashik's played really, really well. And Jim Schwartz coaches Coach wearing his jersey. Him. Coach wore his jersey. <laughs> I mean, so I think that room is going to be fun. Jacob Phillips looks thicker. He looks good. JOK's flying around. Tony Fields is flying around. So that room is kind of, I think, maybe the most unsettled in terms of what playing time's actually going to be.
9: Yeah, I mean, there might be tough... Uh, decisions to make at those positions, but I, for me, I'm going to say wide receiver. You know, we've been talking about it for most of this pod. And I, we talked about it at the beginning, but there's going to be some real tough decisions to make in that room too. I mean, you're not going to be able to carry eight, nine guys. There, there are God, people on six max There are people in. You're right, and there are people in that roster now who would have made uh, the team a couple years ago who We're now starting. are not going to be able to make the team this year because of all the moves they made. You know, you, you go down the list outside of that top five: David Bell, Jakeem Grant. Schwartz, Jalen Darden, Dimitri Felton, Mike Harley, and Daylon Baldwin, who made a couple nice catches uh, over these past few days, too. There's so much talent in that room, and it really is going to come down to which of those guys stands out the most in training camp. We're going to see a lot of reps out of all those guys, I think. Um, And I'm really curious to see how many, I mean, you say six receivers, but would they even consider Taking seven, if it's really just that loaded of a room, do you need a kick punter? You're going to have make-
3: three quarterbacks. yeah. So it, it's going to be, you won't have a fullback. So that's a spot maybe that is more open. It's going to be interesting to see, because we talked about the defensive ends. You're going to carry more defensive ends than you have before. You know, you're going to carry more right. You know, on the back end or the normal amount. You're going to need those linebackers to play special teams. Like mm-hmm. Adams was brought here to play special He's going to make, like Bubba loves him. He's going to make the team. Kunashika feels like he's going to make team. So how does that linebacking room shake out? Where can you trim a little bit is going to be ultimately yeah the question and you know we'll probably only keep three tight ends would be my guess so maybe there's a spot there that's going to be interesting then I'd add even the quarterback just watching behind Deshaun because Dobbs is playing well DTR I think there's something about that kid and yes. I said he's going to be the three and I think he's obviously the future too but when is the future right and and I that's what I like the fact we get four preseason games because watching him and Tillman High school teammates is yeah, going to be a Yeah, the lot fourth of fun. quarters are going to be fun. Of oh, the, the, even the first games. game. It's the third the quarter, yeah. game for us is, I think, actually going to be yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, I agree.
2: Thanks again to Zagura and Poizel for their time. Again, you can like and subscribe today to the best podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Also uh, at clevelandbrowns.com and on the Browns mobile app. You can watch every episode from this offseason's best podcast available, youtube.com slash Browns want to thank defensive line coach Ben Bloom tight end coach TC McCartney corner MJ Emerson tight end Harrison Bryant defensive end Isaiah Thomas reminder again we are off on Monday in observance of the Juneteenth holiday we are back with you on Tuesday and we will officially be well into the offseason season. Here at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, it will be very, very quiet here. So it'll be interesting to see who is around. But no matter what, we have shows to do, and we will bring you All new content next week as we start to delve into this roster, figure out those 53 spots, the biggest training camp battles as we get closer to going to the Greenbrier in West Virginia and starting the 2023 season. want to thank Nick Paulus for all of his hard work. Happy First Father's Day, my friend. I'm Jason Gibbs, back with you on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Happy Father's Day to my father, Jim. Love you, Dad. Love everything that you do for our family. Also, shout out to my father-in-law, Don. Uh, Appreciate all he does for our family as well. Happy Father's Day to him and all the fathers out there. Sunday is your day. Hopefully you get out and are able to enjoy it. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.